Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Yo, what's going on, everybody? And thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Busted Open Podcast. Today, the Hall of Fame and Pain returns with myself, Bully Ray, and my tag team partner, Mark Henry. And we are breaking down Survivor Series, more specifically, the war games the match beyond the men's war games the women's war games mark henry's take and my take specifically were there too many weapons inside of the cage tune in and you'll find out also we have a new united states heavyweight champion austin theory with the strap back around his very young waist what did you think about it me and Mark will give our takes. Turn it up right now. The Busted Open Podcast coming at you live. The Bloodline, probably the strongest family right now um, in the entire wrestling business, if you had to ask me. Uh, making their mark as one of the strongest families ever. Um, there's so much to cover. There's so much to dive into when it comes to yeah. the main event of the war games and mark not only do i want to talk to you this morning but i know me and you specifically spoke before the show started we want to take a lot of phone calls today from the nation we're very interested yeah. to hear what the nation has to say about um survivor series 877-344-4893 877-344-4893 first time callers go to the front of the line all of the truckers out there go to the front of the line. We want to yes, hear sir. from you. Your take this morning on Survivor Series, just as important as ours. Want to talk with you. And I'm not pulling a LaGreca where I say we want to talk to you, but we, then we never get to you. You know that, <laughs> you know that when Come me on. and Mark host the shows together, we love talking to the nation. So, Mark, first question, my broad stroke question, 30,000 feet. What did you think of the men's? war games survivor series match i was very very impressed because there were um a lot of moving parts um but they did they never did anything that didn't make sense for the match and 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 that's that's my thing about any match does it make sense does all the dots connect do you take a risk because you know you can always play it safe and just have a you know a good match and you know everybody goes home happy but they man the guys they risk it they put it on the line no risk it no biscuit and there was a point where all of them was in the alley between the two matches between the two rings and they did the shameless gimmick with the with the with the 10 toes of the bowery braveheart like yeah, and it ended up being 25. 25. Oh, I thought Listen. you meant when they were when they were going to do like the wall of death and Braveheart, they were going to come together and fight. You're talking about the 25 uh, chest punches. Okay. Boom. Boom. The blows of the Bowery. To, like, I, I've taken 10 from Seamus, and I was like, damn it. Oh, my. There's too much. 10's enough. 25? They took 25, Bully. And as we was, know, Seamus will lay his shit in. Bro, like, I mean, you might need a uh, one of those defibrillators to, 
start your heart back, you know, which, you know, of course, you know the story of Vader starting his own heart. But anyway, yep. we'll, go, we'll do it. But, like, it was, it was very impressive, man, how much effort that they put into it, how they, they, they worked their ass off. And uh, I, I really enjoyed the fact that you saw passion. And we always talk about, you know, connecting the dots and making everything make sense. But at the end of the day, don't you want to see somebody put their life on the line? You want to see them risk it? You want to see them having a good time? I, man, <clears throat> excuse me, bully, the, the, the thing that the finish is always the most important thing in the match. And I thought it was one of the best finishes that I've seen in years on the simple fact that Kevin Owens had Roman beat. Mm, yep. Roman has not been beat in how many days? 700 or something? 800 and something. He had him beat. One, two, and it took, as the Blues Brothers would say, an act of God for him not to win, for him not to lose that match. And hooking the referee, rather than attacking Kevin Owens, was brilliant because it added another layer. It added another layer. Once you, once you hook the ref, where do you go? And then it was all about the facials between Sammy and Kevin. Yep. What are you doing? What are you doing? You could feel the 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 angst. And from the from the attack to the low blow to the haluva kick to the one, two, three, and then you get the real Hollywood exploits and that was Roman with the welcoming to the family hug and that embrace and how you hear the crowd did you hear the effect that that hug had on the crowd and then it went up another level when he hugged Jay bro it was just like so well thought out and every action got a accelerated pop. Boom. Over and up and up and up. And and when they did the handshake, you know, I, I just, man, I'm telling you, it's like it, it was there was nothing that they could have done different, in my opinion. I just thought that it was really, really sound wrestling, great storytelling, and they did it to where it had levels. Mark, uh, I think you just hit a grand slam with your analysis of that match. I agree with so many things. Um, so many of the things that you said, I took notes on uh, verbatim. Uh, I loved the way Sammy made the save on the pin. When Kevin is pinning Roman Reigns and he had him beat, Roman was not kicking. He was not no. moving. A leg didn't come up. A shoulder did not move. His head did not bob to the side. Roman was dead to rights, as in if that would have been a straight-up match, Kevin Owens would be your new universal champion today. But Sami Zayn said, uh-uh, not on my watch, not happening when I'm around because I need to prove myself. And I love the fact that Sami hooked the referee's arm and did not make a hard save on Kevin or pull Kevin off because that allowed for the great facials that we got yes. with Kevin Owens yes. and Sami Zayn. The look of what are you doing? You're my best friend. And then the look that Sammy is giving, which says our best friendship is no more because I am with my new family. Now, Kevin, you might have been a friend and I've had plenty of friends in the wrestling business, but this is my new family. And this family means more to me. You know, this is Sammy's ticket to superstardom, you know, aligning himself 
with the bloodline, uh, the storytelling that went on within the match. I always talk about on the show, and Mark, you know this, you, it doesn't have to be about move, 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 move. Those things get a response when the storytelling is right. And the storytelling that went on within the body of the match allowed them to do the moves that meant something when they meant it the most and get the desired reaction. The storytelling that went on throughout the night with the backstage promos uh, that led up to the match. The story that went on in the holding cell when it was time for one of the Usos to go out, but Roman holds one of the Usos back and says, no, Sammy goes. Amazing. And the way Roman is evolving with his facials or his lack thereof, even in Roman's emotionless face, he's telling so much of a story and here is the example I will use. Marlon Brando in The Godfather. Wow. You get the yep. correlation? I get it. I get it 100%. If you've ever Brando, seen The Godfather. Brando would just sit there basically stoic and emotionless. And then eh, he'd make one subtle give you one subtle emotion or one subtle movement or something so slight but told so much of a story unless there is more. And just watching Roman in that cage last night with the subtle facials, the subtle responses meant so much more to me. This was Bully, one of... Yes, go ahead, Mark. Don't, don't, don't you think that... Uh... It was more like Michael in The Godfather when he hugged Fredo. Well, well, that at the end, yeah, sure, with the hug, I, I, I can totally see that. But Brando comes to mind. Brando in the beginning of The Godfather, like when he's talking to Tom Hayden and Luca Brasi wants to come in and he's considering everybody's favors. There's just it, the nuance of how he responds to things. You know, with just uh, yeah, the, I got you. with the slightest of facials, that's what I'm getting from Roman. Yeah. And everything is coming together so well week after week. The way they play off each other, it's like, how much better can these guys possibly get with the way they relate to one another? It, listen, getting two guys to relate to one another or three guys. We're talking about five, six guys here when you bring Roman into it. The way Solo is evolving into his character where he knows he's just the, the BMF of the crew and Solo in, in doing so little with his face is telling so much of a story. So I, I, I really enjoyed everything about this. And I was going to say, I think it was the best men's war games matches in a long, long time because of the storytelling. And I'm going to ask you this, Mark, and I'm going to ask you about something that went on in both war games matches, the men and the women, and how you felt about it. And whether or not it's really needed and necessary. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a break because I loved your breakdown of the men's war game match. But something went on in that match where I wasn't positive if they really needed it. But it also went on in the women's match. And I wasn't quite sure if they really needed it. And I want to get your take on it because I have a pretty strong opinion on it also. How do you feel about introducing all of the weapons into the cage, i.e. the tables, the chairs, the kendo sticks, the ladders, your sister's ass, everything in the cage. The gimmick is supposed to be the war games cage. Why do these matches feel like they need all of this extra stuff, accoutrement, plunder? I, I, I have no idea. I I mean I was just I was just thinking to myself when you phrased that question, what what was out of hand? And I thought the weapons. You don't need it. You know what, Bully? I'm gonna tell you like this. 
the cage is the star. It happened a few times, but, man, I'm telling you, I'm going to press you, and I'm going to throw you into the cage. I'm going to do like I did with Daniel Bryan, which I've never seen anybody do it since. I got Daniel Bryan between the cage and the ropes, and I pulled the ropes back as hard as I could, pulled his face and slingshot, let go, bang. Love it. It's do stuff with the cage. Man, I mean, you could use it as a cheese grater. Just just rake them up and down it, up and down that cage. Like, you're, you, man, we're on the same page. I, I, I really did think that it was overkill uh, from the women, just from the women's standpoint. If, if, if I was the guys, I would not have done it. I wouldn't have used all the bells and whistles if the women already did it. I mean, especially with how strong the men's storytelling is, I don't think that they needed a damn thing in that match. The women, a different story. Maybe they do need a little bit of help in there. Mark, back in the day when the war games were invented, when you had, when you had Dusty and the Horsemen and the Road Warriors and Nikita and Luger, and Sting, and the list goes on, and the Dangerous Alliance. How come they never brought weapons into a cage? Didn't need them. Why? Because they had everything that they had they needed, and that was them. And, you know, why did I not see a tag team do a double move into the cage? I would have loved to seen the Usos do a double monkey flip on anybody and throw their ass over the top rope into the cage. Double hot shot into the cage. There double you go. Double flapjack I'll take into that. the cage. I'll take it. I'll take it. A double power bomb. But what you said, Mark, was so important. When I mentioned Dusty and the Horsemen and Nikita and the Road Warriors, why didn't they have any weapons in a cage? They didn't need it. All they needed was themselves. The characters were so over. The personalities were so over. And the gimmick of the cage itself, the War Games cage, was so over that all you needed were these, Mark. And what am I yeah. holding up right now for the world to see? Your fist. Your two hands. This, your two knuckle sandwiches. That's all you needed. It was all about the fight and the angst and the amount of hatred that the men had for one another, and in this case, the women had for and one another. And the payback, and the payback for all of the weeks that led to that where you couldn't get your hands on them like you wanted. And as a little kid, I, I told you, one of the things that I liked the most was when the big fight would start, and then they would go, we're out of time. We'll be back next week. And then it would go off, and, I, bro, I would be, like, sitting there going, oh, my God, I'm missing it right now. Next time, we need to buy a ticket and go and see it live so we can see what happened. And then I couldn't wait until the next show. Oh, man, I was the first one. I'm, I'm turning the TV on, watching the commercials leading up into the show. I was not going to miss nothing. And that anticipation had built for the men's match. I was excited for War Games. War Games was a, 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 a unbelievable success. And you can always say that it'll be better next time because a lot of those people, Bully, they were never in a War Games match. When the I women had that, more experience I, in war games than the men. Sure. When I think back to this men's match, what weapon was absolutely positively needed in that men's war game match? Did you really need three tables? I mean, Roman hit a spear through a table. Was that ne really necessary? No, because Roman's no. spear is strong enough. 
And then I think there was a powerbomb-esque maneuver that I think Drew did. I don't remember the exact table bumps or the exact, you know, or, or what the weapons were necessary. What was absolutely positively necessary? There was nothing that was that was like necessary. I mean, the one thing that I, I like didn't get done. Uh, and I guess it's because it was kind of edges thing, but uh, I don't I don't like just seeing people get hit with chairs. Now, I would have loved to see Roman hold a chair in front of somebody's face and have the Usos do a double super kick that would send them into the boundary in the middle of the two matches or rings or something like to that effect. But I like it when they stomp the bar off and they use the bar to put in people's mouth or put it and choke people with or even if you had them set up like you're going to stab them with it and then one of the other guys save you, drop kick you, it flies out of your hand. It, it's usage that I like. I don't necessarily need the implement. It's it's the way to get around not doing it, not using it. You remember uh, Hell in a Cell when when Becky and, and Sasha Banks had that? They set the chair up in the first three minutes of the match. They didn't use it until like the 17th, 18th minute called the Sabu special. Come on, man. Like, next time these guys will understand, Bully. I hope that um, next year um, I, hope, I hope this match I hope this match happens again. Same time, same bad channel, same place. But different, I mean, it'll be different characters built. But make the cage the star. Should be. Make, I mean, war games is supposed to be. Let me ask you this, Mark. Time out, time out, time out, time out. Since you can't get, since they, hmm, I don't want to say they can't. Since nobody bled last night, can the cage really be that big of a star? Yes, it can be. Because, you know what, like, you don't have to climb to the top of the cage. But climbing to the middle of the cage, and you remember Shawn Michaels and Undertaker. I mean, uh, I'm sorry. When uh, Undertaker and Mick Foley climbing the cage and the slow, like, oh, my God, he's climbing the cage. Let me go and catch him. And then you got the chase going to go up. and me Like, I, I didn't feel that anticipation in this hell in the cell because they did not make the cage the star and that was that's the only complaint but it's not a it's not a, a big complaint because it could be fixed just do it next time warmer sunnier days are calling fuel up for them with factors no prep no mess meals meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef crafted meals with options like calorie smart Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. If you missed anything this week on Mad Dog Sports Radio, I got you covered. It's Mike Babchitz. Morning After, where we play back the best clips of the week and recap in a way you have never heard before. It's a roast like no other, and no one is safe. Not Mad Dog, not anyone. This is a Morning After walk of shame you actually won't regret. You can find Mike Babchitz Morning After on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Don't forget to follow the show so you never miss an episode. Your new United States champion, Austin Theory, technically defeating Seth Rollins and Bobby Lashley. Um, 
I say technically. And Theory got the win, but nothing that Theory did got him the win. So first of all, Mark, what did you think of the overall three-way dance between Seth, Bobby, and Austin? I thought it was awesome, man. It was one of those matches where you, if you have to go to the bathroom, you just have to rock and sit there and rock and hold it. I could not turn away from it. And at one point, um, you know, you're eating something and you kind of choke a little bit. And I, I just had to cough it out, man. I couldn't get up and go get some drink because they were on the floor. And I wanted to see what theory was going to do because at some point I was thinking to myself, okay, Bobby is going to get put out somehow so um, Seth can – you know, I, I, and I, I made the, I made the mistake of telling Dave that I thought Seth was gonna win, but after I thought about it, we had our Saturday show, um, me and Ryan McKinnell, uh, and and our, our producer Ariel, and I said that uh, you know what I see Theory winning this match now, you know, it's just it's too much water under the bridge, with him you know, working towards this title and losing the briefcase and yada, yada, yada. I was expecting Bobby to go down. I was not expecting it to go the way that it went. And um, Seth, man, is Seth is just so damn good, man. Like, it's, it's like he's... Um, He's he's the utility guy. It, if if you wanted to make Seth Rollins a babyface tomorrow, you could do it in one show. In one show, in one match, one one segment. He's so good and so over that you can't help but get behind him. And it was hard for me to. Uh, um, to admit that, you know, theory should really actually be the guy, being that I feel the most for Seth Rollins. I think he's just a uh, uh, once-in-a-generation type talent. And, you know, if you're going to spend money, um, if I'm going to spend money on a talent in that match, it would have been Seth Rollins. If I was going to put my money on somebody, I would I would have had to put my money on Seth. That's how good he is. Mark, they get into the finish. Um, Seth picks Bobby up. I'm sorry, Seth picks Austin Theory up for the Falcon Arrow. Bobby spears Seth. Everybody goes down. Austin Theory drapes the arm. He gets the one, two, three. Is that a strong enough victory? Now, I know Austin Theory is a heel. But is that a let's not say strong enough? Is that a credible enough victory for Austin Theory right now? Well, they had things happen that led up to it. Other than that, but uh, I, I I thought that Bobby should have got hit with a, uh, a twisting whirling dervish, and then the cover. Why? Just because he's a big-ass guy and I always want to protect the big guys. I'm, I told you I'm a sizist. You, you're no longer in the in the big guy category no more, so I can't whoa, whoa, feel whoa, for whoa, you like whoa, I used whoa, to. Whoa. You're a body guy. Pump the brakes. You got abs. Horses, you got fucking abs. Let me tell you something. I got a lot of things, and ab is not one of them. Uh, <laughs> The other day, I thought I saw something that resembled an app. <laughs> I thought I saw it. <laughs> nope, nope. But I think I got some Nutella on my stomach, and like the shadow made it look like <laughs> an app. <laughs> no, we don't have abs. We okay, got everything so else. You're still a big. You're still a big guy then. If you don't have, if you have, you know, if it was Nutella. So. You, you're a sizeist. You want to protect. You want to protect. Bobby. I want to protect the big guy, and I would have just liked the scene, either theory come off and hit him with an elbow, a knee, or something, just to add more 
injury to that situation. Okay. But nonetheless, um, I was happy with how it went. To the people out there who thought that Austin Theory was buried, what would you tell them as of this morning? <laughs> I would I would I would say Dave. <laughs> uh, there's always a way around it. Because Dave was so pissed. You remember how pissed he was? Yes. I, I don't know if I've seen Dave pissed like that in a while. Um and why would you why I mean all you had to do was take the open challenge. Nobody's ever, ever lost the briefcase like that. Like he went off. That was a pretty good impression today, wasn't it? That was pretty good. He can you can you do your, can you off. do your best Dave LaGreca rant right now? Oh man, I, I think that was it. <laughs> okay. That's that about as good as it gets, bro. We but, should have a contest. We should have people videotape themselves doing the their best LaGreca rant and, oh. and send them in. Like no more okay, than 30 you know seconds. What? Your best LaGreca rant. Do it, do it. And it and we can air him all week long. Like they send on... in a LaGreca rant about how he hurt his Achilles tendon. Doing what? <laughs> how many, how many, uh, I thought how the many, match many, had many, a lot of very strong false finish finishes, psychologically sound false finishes. Uh, I loved the hurt lock sleeper spot when Bobby had Seth in the hurt lock and then um, – um, theory jumped on top of Bobby and put him in the sleeper. I was choke, very, yeah, I was very interested to see how that they were going to get out of that one. Um, a strong match. Many people felt like it was the match of the night on the show. I could see why people would think that. Good three way dance. Lots of people with a take on it. Let's head on out to the nation real quick. Bama Dave, what'd you think of the three way between those three guys? Hey, guys. Good morning, Mark and Bully. Thank you so much for taking my call. You got it. What's up? Yeah, I, I agree, guys. I, the, I love the entire pay-per-view. I think it's I think it's probably the best pay-per-view yet that uh, Hunter has put on overall from a storytelling and an action perspective. Uh, the War Games matches were great, but hands down, in terms of technical back and forth, AJ and Finn was a narrow close second for me. But Seth Rollins... Uh, my favorite wrestler of all time is Shawn Michaels, but I was on a podcast about a month ago and I said, Seth Rollins, when it's all said and done, might just bump Sean out of my number one spot. He is doing so much good work in ring, on the mic, character work. It's a running joke on my show, The Bammer Chatter. Whenever there's a Seth Rollins match on a pay-per-view or on a Monday Night Raw, I always say that's the one that's going to steal the show because Seth is just so good. His eye, his in-ring IQ, his 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 desire to, to get somebody over to tell the story and the the finish was good because the spear was so good was so you know forceful it knocked Bobby Lashley out of the ring himself he 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 overshot it which all Austin had to do is put the arm over and I agree Austin Theory this 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 change in his character to be more menacing and more you know dark and serious I think it's going to skyrocket him and this frees up Seth out of the U.S. title picture now to maybe take another shot at Roman or or even free him up for when Cody comes back at WrestleMania to close that story. But no matter what Seth is in, he steals the show. He may go down, in my opinion, just maybe the greatest of all time to ever step through the ropes. Dave, outside thanks of, for calling in. Outside of uh, Chris Jericho, nobody does more jobs than Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins and Chris Jericho can get beat every week and still be over as hell. Can't that's when you them. know you're they, over. They Teflon. Who Say cares? That's when you know oh. you're over when you can lay down every night. You're over. They just it over. Doesn't matter. They they I mean it clearly uh you, you heard what brother said. Almost every show that he puts on, what do you call it? The Bama Chatter or the Uh yeah, some podcast that he does, yep. Yeah, like every show oh, that Seth Rollins is over. Same thing. I, this is exactly how I feel. That's that's exactly what I just said before he came on. Wrestlers need to truly understand this. When we talk about you know winning and losing doesn't matter. There are some times when the win and the loss does 
matter. But for the most part, it doesn't, especially if you know how to lose. Uh, you know, there's a there's a line in a song. Uh, actually, the song is uh, Dream On by Aerosmith, where they say you got to learn how to lose before you learn how to win. And that's such a heavy line. It applies to life. It applies to pro wrestling and, you know, learning how to lose, knowing how to lose. Mark, I'll lose a match every single night, but I'm going to tell my opponent one thing. After you pin me, get out of the ring. You got your win. I want you out of the ring now. I don't care how long it takes you. Just get out of the ring and walk to the back. And then I'll wait. And then I'll get to my feet because by the time I get to my feet, I'll be getting a standing ovation. And the last thing that they remember is the standing ovation because you fought valiantly. And that's it. The art of the best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details losing this is adam shine host of the adam shine podcast here to tell you you can listen to my podcast all year round i'll give you my nfl picks against the spread give you fantasy advice all season long while being joined by the best guests in all of sports he's aaron Rodgers of the green bay packers this is what i expect you know i expect to play well every year we release episodes of the adam shine podcast every week subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast or listen on the sxm app included with most subscriptions the adam shine podcast Survivor Series turned it up to start off the night last night with the women's war games match. Very highly anticipated um, match. I like the way they bookend the pay-per-view, starting off with the women's war games, ending with the uh, men's war games. All right, Mark. Women's war games. What'd you think of the match? Your takeaways, your points, things you loved, things you might not have loved. You know what, the thing that I loved the most was they allowed Becky to come back and find her way, and not just find her way, but uh, put her in a place where uh, she could be the dominant personality that she is. And there was a lot of teases, and and you could see the feelers being put out um, whenever she got in the ring with somebody or was with, you know, actively working with somebody, everybody else kind of stay back. So that individual, you can get a moment with that person. And uh, I think the, the biggest reaction was her and Rhea Ripley. Like I want to see her and Rhea out of everybody that she touch hands with. Um, the one that blatantly was like, okay, we can make some money with this is her and Rhea. No doubt money with Becky and Rhea. Absolutely. Out of everybody that was in that ring, you know, no, but did you enjoy the the match? Did you enjoy the psychology? Did you enjoy the action? Did you think there, it was overkill, you know, back to the, all of the weapons, like the weapons. Go ahead. That was the one thing. Like everybody that came in, uh, they they grabbed something and threw it in the ring. And the one person that did not need to do that over all of them um, was our Nikki. Why the fuck would Nikki grab something? And she crazy people don't need to grab nothing. They are the weapon. You can hit somebody that's deranged as hard as you can, usually, and you, they 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 start looking around like, "Who hit me?" 
like it, it was just one of those things where it was a little bit of a disconnect with the with the weapons. I think that people put too much emphasis on uh and I'm I, listen. I had as many hardcore matches with Tommy Dreamer as anybody. And Crash Holly and everybody in that in that that era. But I, it's not for everybody to do it. And and every time that Tommy Dreamer and I had a, a hardcore match, I never hit him with nothing. Because I didn't need it. If you're the world's strongest man, why would you need anything to do? All you need to hurt Tommy Dreamer were your hands. So and and that's that's the the thing that I felt like could have been done better. But I was into it the whole time. And um Bailey, Bailey is good, man. Bailey is just, and I, I know that's no secret, but Bailey, she was the one that was in the ring and all of the stuff making sense. She would get ready to hit somebody with something and somebody would hit her and she'd drop it because she knew she didn't really need it. She did it because everybody else was doing it. And that's I'm not a, a good I'm place I'm a Bailey fan when she's on her own, Mark. There's something well, about Bailey on, by herself. She's just talented, man. She's a great storyteller and master psychologist. Um, you know, I, I've I've sat and talked wrestling with her before. And one of my questions with people when I start talking about wrestling is, if you and I were to have a match, what would you want to do? Fantasy warfare, just hypothetical. And she went into this whole spiel about how she want, she would have to take my knee out and try to hit me with a DDT, a series of DDT, a regular DDT, a DDT after I missed a splash on one knee. And then she would jump up to the second rope and I would feed in and then she would catch me and do a tornado DDT. She told, this is her calling the shit as we go. And I was like, <laughs> okay, this shit is making sense. When you can do that, you're over. You can go out there and not have to call nothing. You can do it on the fly with the people that are qualified for you to do it. And I think that, like you said, her one-on-one -on -one is better than group warfare, but she was pretty damn good in, in it, though. Mark, ask me the same question that you asked Bailey. If you and I were to have a match, what would you want to do? Go over with my finish. Go over. In the middle. <laughs> <laughs> I already knew. I already knew. <laughs> when guys come up to me and they ask me, Bully, what do you want to do tonight? I said, go over with my finish. Clean in the middle. <laughs> Clean. One, two, three in the middle. <laughs> You asked the question, um, and I gave you the answer. Um, something okay, happened Ms. in the match. <laughs> something happened in the match that I thought shouldn't have happened because it happened in the finish. So the finish of the match was Becky off the top of the cage. Paul, help me out a little bit here. Becky goes off the top of the cage, and I believe she splashed somebody through a table. Is that right, Mark? Do you remember? Yeah. Sometimes I would just who, who was it? She hit the leg drop. Uh, was it a clean leg drop? And she leg dropped somebody through the table. Shit. Um, I'm drawing a blank right now. Okay. Becky hit the leg drop on a table through somebody, but she jumped off the top of the cage. Here's my point. Seeing Becky stand on the top of the cage. Okay. I think it was EO and Dakota who she dropped the, the, the legs on. So Becky was on the top of the cage. That's your visual, right? If you right. know that that's your finish and that's your visual, why give them a similar visual in the body of the match? Was it absolutely necessary for Nikki Cross to do a cross body block off the top of the cage onto those women? I don't think so. And and that was one of the things that I wondered myself. But, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't agent for that match. Right. And I, and I just wish like 
if I'm the agent on that match and Nikki Cross suggests to me or somebody suggests, oh, I want to do a high cross body off the top of the cage, I'm saying to myself, well, the finish is Becky standing on the top of the cage. I know it's not the same move. I know one is a, a high cross body and one is a leg drop. That's not about the move. It's about the visual. If Nikki Cross never climbs to the top of the cage, Becky Lynch gets a bigger response when she does climb. When to she the does it. When she yep. does it. You save it for the finish. You maximize the response on the finish. So if I've seen somebody climb to the top of the cage once, five, seven minutes ago, it kind of takes away. It's kind of like my whole mentality uh, in TLC2, Mark. When me and Matt Hardy fell off that ladder together and we went through the tables, I did not think that should be the last. I thought that it should have gone first because people had already seen me do it in a match. I thought that the visual of Edge spearing Jeff Hardy <clears throat> out of midair should have been the last thing they saw because that was the most impressive thing. Becky standing on that top of the cage would have been the most impressive thing. So I wish they would have never put the Nikki crossing because it's just a high cross body. You could have stood on the top rope and got the same effect. It didn't mean nearly as much as Becky doing it in the end. And when it came to the women and the weapons, before I go any farther, whenever we talk about a match or break it down, the women always have a tremendous effort. They always go above and beyond in really, really trying their hardest. And Mark, you know, in working with women in the WWE or working with women in AEW, I feel that the women are always out there because they feel that they need to prove that they belong out there as much as anybody else. We belong right. in this War Games match just as much as the men do. As much as you do. So we're going to see, I can see the effort. And I saw the effort last night with the women. Some things came up a little short, but I'm listening to weapons being introduced. And those weapons being introduced are getting louder reactions than the actual talent in the ring. And that's what I think the WWE needs to pay attention to. If a kendo stick is getting a bigger reaction than one of your talents, there's a problem. If a chair is getting a bigger reaction, a table is a different story. A table has taken on this, <clears throat> this, this, this life of its own with the, you know, we want tables chance and then the table being involved. Everybody loves to see somebody crash and burn through a table. Last night, if that's me, the women would have had one toy and that would have been one table. And that would have been the finish. Becky off the top of the cage through the table with the leg drop. And every time somebody tried to use the table, I would have had two people go and beat the hell out of them. There you go. Like you never would have got the, I mean, maybe two people hold a table and they run in and they knock somebody down and they knock somebody else down and they knock somebody else down and they put the table down and they try to finish them. Uh, too many kendo sticks, especially when it comes to women's matches, in my opinion, uh, it's to the point now where they're swinging these sticks and I don't even care. Nothing was done in that women's match, much like the men's match, where you could not have gotten the same desired effect as if you would have just done it without a weapon. The key is sell the move. Sell the move. So if instead of hitting somebody with a kendo stick, two girls pick up another girl and throw her into the cage. All you have to do is sell. So that's go. really my uh, my take on, on the match I thought the I thought the announcers did a phenomenal job uh, putting credibility on the women's match. As a matter of fact, Mark, I'll go as far to say I think the MVP last night of the Survivor Series were Michael Cole and Corey Graves. I thought they were amazing on commentary last night. As far as an individual is concerned, yes, Sami Zayn deserves a lot of props for that in-ring performance. But across the board, Cole and Graves were on the money last night. Yeah. I mean, Michael Cole, um, 
we we talk about his greatness and how much freer he sounds right now. But Corey Graves, I got to give him his props. Got to give the dude his flowers. Um, Corey was pointing out things that made me go, oh, okay, Corey, I see you. Like, he really was on the points. Um, the the conversation about Mia Yim, uh, he, he, he just, like, where she been and how she got to this point and her being new and the the feud with her and Rhea and like yeah man Corey was on it they all of those both of those guys I guess you know if you say MVP then I I, I say I second that busted open as part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more please give a five star rating and leave a review subscribe today wherever you stream the podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.